All right, you guys. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Daily Durag. Today, I have a new guest with me. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Tamara Jenkins. I'm a junior here at U of L. I'm studying fine arts, specifically interior design. She can draw, y'all. Listen, <laughs> okay, I can do six figures. And my stick figures aren't even that good. That's so. what it is. That's all drawing is. It's That's a damn lie. Because <laughs> I've seen, I seen your drawing, um, was it, it was a view of L, but it was of a specific building. Oh, it was, what is it called? Grommeyer? Yeah, and I, okay, <laughs> you would not even want to see. My buildings are still like that square with that the little triangle <laughs> on top. Yeah, that's my, that's me, that's me. Oh my goodness. Why yeah. can't you do that? That's me. I like art and music. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly not wine, because I'm drinking wine right now, y'all. I was just having this I conversation. I like wine. It's just the cold brew. Okay. It's this. Okay, let, let me discuss this right quick before we get into the episode real quick. Okay. Anybody who knows me, right, knows that there are a couple favorite things that I love to death and I'm never going to give up. One is coffee. One is wine, another is plants, and another is Lil' Kim. <laughs> These are four things I am never giving up. It don't matter how old I get, no matter whatever. So I was in the liquor store, right? Before coming over here. And because I had drank, I, I almost always ask Alyssa Milan Betts. I always keep a bottle of wine. Even if I don't have no liquor, I always keep a bottle of wine in my refrigerator. And so I had drank up my little bottle of wine I had kept in there for the week. And I was like, you know what, let me go get a new bottle of wine. One of my favorite brands of red wine, because I like red wine, that's another thing to note. It, it can't just be any wine, I like red wine. You don't drink wine. anything else? You know, I will drink um, a rosé every now and again, mm-hmm. and a Chardonnay with like dinner, but I like red wine, wine for real. Um, but one of my favorite red wines is a Pazic Red. And y'all, they have, <laughs> and, and if you know me, you know I work at Starbucks. They have a red wine infused with coffee. <laughs> it's good. Don't let her trick y'all. Okay, I'm sitting here sipping. Will I probably be up all night drunk? Yes. Feeding your addiction. At the end coffee. of the day, I love it. So today we are here to talk about. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm playing around with my new iPad and my new uh, Apple Pencil. Anyways, today we are here to talk about mental and emotional health and relationships. I yeah. will figure out a way to insert, um, what you call it? What's that thing called? Applause in here. I don't know how to figure it out right now. Anyways, okay. So let's start with the term gaslighting. Okay. Cool. Yes. How about you explain to me? Because I'm not going to lie, Alyssa Milan bets I failed you, my good sister. I don't actually know the textbook definition of right. gaslighting. I got the so, textbook definition right on hey, the website. Hey, you do that. Okay. <laughs> so let me know what it is. Let okay. me know. Okay. Gaslighting. It is manipulating by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. So. Mm, yeah. I should have been known this, y'all, but. <laughs> It's basically when somebody makes you question your own, like, your own common sense. Uh So it's when you get somebody telling you that you're wrong, even though you know that you're not wrong. So you start to feel crazy, literally. And And a lot of people who out here who love to do shit like that. Yeah. A lot of people do it and a lot of people, it happens to them and they don't realize, like, it's the textbook, you know, that bitch is crazy. Right. But mm-hmm. to... What have you state, done yeah. to make me that way? Right. So, definitely my ex, but we're not going there. <laughs> we're not going there. <laughs> so, okay, so we're going to start the conversation. We're going to start the conversation with this question, and I'm going to ask you. Okay. What is an emotionally healthy relationship to you? Emotionally healthy to me. I feel like, well, for me, it's a little bit different than other people, but I feel like emotionally healthy is obviously that you're getting that mm-hmm. love, 
and support and respect that you feel like you need from your partner but it's also about maintaining a sense of self mm -hmm. like you and your partner are an entity yes mm -hmm. but you are still yourself at the end of the day you're gonna die alone i'm sorry i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad that somebody <laughs> came with the facts okay so like being healthy emotionally especially in terms of a relationship is about maintaining your self like you still gotta be you with it yeah because that's who that person fell in love with yeah so to be healthy you have to have the complete like it has to be well-rounded i okay. hate couples that are like up each other's ass 24 7 yes and i hate people that are just like they don't ever see their partner but they together so now how do you feel um i'm a divert away a little bit but stay in the same room mm -hmm. how do you feel about the phrase my partner needs to be my best friend then? I like that phrase because I feel like it's true because that's someone especially like if you're dating to marry yes that's someone that you're gonna have to spend the rest of your life with so I yes. feel like you need to find commonality in your person y'all don't gotta be the same like into everything exactly the same but you have to have like similar values similar yes. like beliefs so mm -hmm. that should be your best friend like y'all should like a lot of similar things you ain't gotta like everything together mm -hmm. you can have friends but that's gonna be the friend that you're with the most I, I feel that I feel that same way. Like um, I saw a Twitter post about it, mm. and I agree. This one guy said, and I 100% agree that I should be your best friend, but not your only friend. Here. So it's like <laughs> I have multiple best friends. Right. You know, um, I have a you know I have there's Javen, there's Alyssa, there's Aaliyah, Christian. Trey, like, these are all people and others, so if anybody's listening to this, you don't catch no attitude with me, right? But there's multiple, and, you know, they know different realms of my life, but when I get, when I am with um, whoever I am chosen to be with, then you will be my best friend, the way I will be able to feel comfortable talking to you about anything, but at the same time, you aren't the only person I'm talking right. to. Because humans, we're like, we're multifaceted. Like, we're not just, like, open and closed. Like, once you get in a relationship, like, that doesn't define you. Yeah. Some of your friendships aren't the only things that define you. That's why, like, we're made to have these interpersonal relationships. So, yes, you can have 20 different friends and yes. have your partner be your best friend at the same time. Your mom can be your best friend at the same time. Yes. Like, I agree. <laughs> so, we're going to start off the conversation pointing the light, the blaring lights at ourselves first. Taxi. <laughs> what are some of your toxic mm. Um, Toxically, I mean, I feel like, especially within the last six months of my life, I've done a lot of like personal growing and like, mm -hmm. just spending time with myself. Mm -hmm. So, I'm getting better at a lot of things, but okay. I know there's something. I really struggle with mm -hmm. is like loving too hard in mm -hmm. the sense that I don't know I'm hard on myself so I really want to like give my all to everybody that okay. I love so like even if I know I'm spreading myself thin like mm -hmm. I'm still gonna try to be available for everybody yes and then for some people I give them too I much understand that no, I understand <laughs> and that yeah so it's like and then I'm you know I'm like a vibes person so if I feel like I'm just like I don't know I just have a feeling so mm -hmm. I, I get to the point where I'll pester people I'll be like no I don't feel like you're okay and I mm -hmm. want to talk to you like yeah. I, I over love in multiple different ways. I feel like it's toxic at times, mm -hmm. especially like in a romantic sense. Cause mm -hmm. I like, I just said that you shouldn't devote your whole life to your partner, yes. but then I'll turn around and do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel that. I feel that. Like I, I know one of my biggest, um, one of my biggest toxic behaviors is something that I actually learned from my mother. Mm -hmm. I've heard of death, but I did. Um, my mom is this type of person. If she's in a relationship with you, if she's in, in, in love with you, she's giving all of herself to yeah. you. So I mean, surrendering all her own likes, her own dislikes, blah, 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 to you. Oh, you want to do that? Then. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, for me, I grew up despising that behavior. Mm -hmm. I grew up really resenting that behavior because you know, she tried, you know, to conform me to that type of behavior and I was not do I was not with it. But then I grew up and got in relationships and did the exact same thing. <laughs> it was whatever life you were living at the time 
I'm living that life with you. So it don't matter if we in the gutter or not. If that's what you like and I love you, hey, I'm in the gutter too shooting bitches they think (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. I think we learn a lot of like how we operate in relationships from our parents. Yeah. Which is so good. We learn everything from our parents. We grow that's how we learn to talk. That's how we learn to work. Mm -hmm. That's how we learn how to interact with other people. Mm -hmm. So of course, when we grow up on you know, whatever romantic relationships we saw in front of us, our mm-hmm. parents, you know, their step-parents, whatever, yeah. like, that's exactly what we end up modeling after. And it's like, it takes a lot of growth to be able yes. to like see those relationships from the outside looking in and be like, okay, that was not a good relationship. And here's what I need to change within myself to have a healthy one. Right. Going forward. Right, right. No, I, I, I do understand that. Um, and I know for me, another like, toxic behavior of mine is I will like because I was having this conversation with Gabby mm-hmm. Brown Girl okay at Brown Girl if you want to follow her podcast um I don't know if it's a Capricorn thing or what mm-hmm. but when I'm dealing with someone, that means, and usually, okay, so this is a toxic behavior of mine, so excuse me. Um, I usually deal with two, if, with people in three, like, in three, like, manners. Romantically? No. Or in general? Okay. In general. And dealing with the opposite set. Okay. I deal with you in three ways. It's either we're friends, you're my sister, or you're my friend, or you're my best friend, whatever. We having sex, and it's strictly that. <laughs> Or I am in love with right. you. <laughs> and see, I was having this conversation with Gabby tonight is that like when it crosses the boundary of I'm in love with you or not. Okay, let me rephrase that. Not I'm in love with you, but I have feelings for you. Right. I move extremely fast. And it, it could mean not truly getting to know you. Right. But it's because I don't feel Capricorn, we as Capricorn, don't always like have emotions for everybody. Like, if I'm having sex with you, that don't necessarily so not have so emotions. So you're just so surprised. You're just like, exactly. I'm not going to find this So <laughs> Exactly. So it's like, if I have an emotion for you, and right. it turns out that I like you, it's like, I got to latch on to you because I'm afraid. And that comes with, you know, past trauma of mine, right. to where it's like, I'm afraid I'm never going to feel this love again. So, or I'm never going to feel this feeling again. Right. And so let me never let this go. No matter how bad it's hurting me, no matter how bad it, we are for each other, right. anything, I'm going to hold on to. Yeah, I understand. I think that's like a lot of people's, well, I think with our generation, like a lot of people are so used to giving up. So I yes. think I have like a similar issue with you where I'll like stick it out, even though I know it's like, man, this man has treated me so dirty, mm-hmm. but like, I care about him so much. Like I can't, like I connect with my like spiritual self so much. So I'm just like, well, I wouldn't feel this way about this person if we weren't meant to be around yeah, each other. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, and I'll like stick around, even though I can see, I can clearly see with my own eyes, like this person is not doing healthy things. And it's, we're not doing healthy things together. <laughs> right. That's what I was just about to say. It's funny because my last ex, <laughs> Uh, well, okay, maybe, okay. Well, like, the ex before my last, like, situation, that's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things she said to me, was like, now, this is what I will wholeheartedly admit. With my last, like, actual ex, we dated and everything like that. It hit a point to where I was completely in the wrong in that situation. Okay. I was not a good person to her. Like, she has some valid... Excuse me, y'all. She has some valid. <laughs> she has some valid issues with me. Right. Understandable because there was there was times where I wasn't always right in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that had to do with I stayed in the situation because she made me feel like I was her responsibility. But that's a different conversation. But one of the conversations we were having when we were arguing mm-hmm. was she felt like if we weren't meant to be together we wouldn't be going through all that and we we wouldn't be finding our way, quote unquote, back to each other. In our actuality. <laughs> but that's not true. <laughs> I'm about to say, in our actuality, we were the least compatible for each other. Right, just because, okay, 
there's a difference between spiritual and physical first yeah. and foremost like yeah. just because we mm. fit great together in the bed does not right. mean okay. spiritually and then there's like different levels to like there's a difference between a soulmate and a twin flame yeah you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so now what would you now speaking on that okay. what would you describe as a soulmate versus a twin flame. What would you describe? So I feel like twin flames are more messy. Mm. Messy. (laughs) (laughs) Not messy. Yes, I mean, a twin flame is something really messy, but it can be beautiful too. A soulmate is more like y'all are meant to be together. Like I'm a believer in like you have multiple soulmates. Like there's, I don't think that there's just one. Okay. One soulmate. I think soulmates are just like, Soulmates are other souls that are you're meant to be around. So you know, my closest friends are my soulmates. Okay. The, the whoever I end up marrying is my soulmate. Yes. But like a twin flame is just somebody that like you completely align with. So like y'all keep coming back to each other. And you don't know why? Because you might be twin flames. That don't mean you you need to be around each other. Right. Because at the end of the day, sometimes twin flames you end up burning out. Yes. No. Yeah. Um, I've always like heard that phrase, twin flame. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, I have not <laughs> been well versed in like what that all, all right. means and everything like that. You know, so. But I, I am a firm believer that you have multiple yes. um, soulmates. You know, um, and you have romantic ones and non-romantic ones. Right. Because at the end of the day, I have non-romantic soulmates. Alyssa is my soul. Like. I truly don't know. I say this all the time. I truly don't know what I did before her and like what I would do if we ever stopped speaking. You know what I'm saying? And then I have like Aaliyah who, when me and Aaliyah are like at odds, I don't know what to do with myself. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny because she'll never admit it. I'm calling you out Aaliyah Freshwater right now. But the last argument we got into, my friend Janelle was like right in the middle. She was trying to help us work it out. Mm-hmm. Me and Janelle, me and Aaliyah blew Janelle's phone up <laughs> because we both were upset and it was really Playing just- telephone. Right. Like we both like, were like, here's why I'm right. And da 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 And Janelle was like, y'all don't realize y'all care about each other so much mm-hmm. that y'all are both so miserable not speaking, but y'all are both so stubborn that y'all just not going to right. you know? I mean, I ended up breaking down and, you know, being like, let's talk about this. But I do, I do agree that there are multiple soulmates. That's also like the, like, without your soulmate, you're like, why do I miss it? Because I've had like falling out with people mm-hmm. that I would consider soulmates in my life, but we always found our way back. And yeah. I feel like you can tell the difference between a twin flame and a soulmate with how you guys, like, any kind of disagreements yes. and how they come back together. Like, with a soulmate, you may have a disagreement and y'all may fall out to a certain extent, but it'll always come back and it's going to be like better. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. Twin Flames, like you said, it can burn out. It can be very hot and fiery, but not good. And now, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like, you know, anytime me and Aaliyah have had an issue, we've already gone. Me and Alyssa, I don't think have ever had an issue. Like we, if we have a disagreement about something, right. we sit down and we talk it out like immediately. But we never like just gone a period of time without speaking. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then like Gab, Amir, and Sydney, like, you know, like I don't know what I would do without them, you know what I'm saying? So I do understand, I do understand that. So, okay. So for you, after discussing what you think an emotionally healthy relationship is, what is the difference between an unhealthy relationship and an abusive relationship? Mm-hmm. Okay. So and have you ever been in like both? Oh, a healthy one? Oh. Probably not. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean an unhealthy one. Unhealthy oh, one. most definitely. I've definitely been like in situations where I was being emotionally and mentally abused. Mm-hmm. Didn't know it when I found out about it. Continued to stay in it because I wasn't at a point where I loved myself enough to mm-hmm. be like, sis, get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think the big thing is how you feel. Like, I, that sounds so corny, but like, you know, like you shouldn't feel like you're losing yourself yes. when you're with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody that you're meant to be around, like you're gonna still feel like yourself. And I saw like, when I was looking up gaslighting, a lot of the things, like the symptoms that you will have as a victim, it's like feeling nervous or walking on eggshells. So you're just like, I don't know what. Like yeah. you're nervous when you're gonna see this person that's supposed to be your partner 
or like, like I said, you don't feel like yourself anymore. You're questioning yourself, like you're questioning your decisions, like you're questioning your own sanity. You're questioning your own like ability to make decisions for yourself and function mm. as a human being. And then like you're apologizing for the things you do. Like you basically, I feel like you start to unravel when mm. you're in an unhealthy situation. It's like your body's way of trying to like tell you to get it together. Yeah. It's really hard to do that when you don't know how. Mm. And you don't know that you're in the situation. This is true. <laughs> yeah. This is true. God. So yeah, I think it's just a lot of like it's uncomfortable and you don't know why and you know you're not supposed to be in it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people stay in it because they're scared. Yes. Really scared of yes. being alone, of having to deal with whatever their shit is by themselves, you know? Yeah. So I think that's what a big problem. And I think like as a generation we have a lot of trauma mm. that we share Oof. but just because you share trauma with somebody does not mean that they're your friend <laughs> yeah and I, I 100% agree with that like with my ex one of the commonalities between us was our issues with our mm. fathers you know I have hmm. <laughs> 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 I have an issue with my daddy and he knows right. that and you know we have we have multiple issues and like I mean now he's just he is, he is. But anyway, we have issues with each other. Right. She had issues with her dad, and that was something we found in common, yeah. you know? You're not supposed to make bonds over shared trauma, which right. we all do it, but like, it's you. It's always those relationships that you're like, okay, how did this relationship start off? Oh, we Boom. both had like, right. yeah, we both had fucked up childhood. And see, with her, <laughs> like, that, I, looking back on the situation, that's actually where the downfall started because that is where I started to feel like you. I'm responsible for you right. because this situation went on with your dad. And yeah, like, you know, like, once you start like, yeah. well, you know what happened to me and I know yes. what happened to you. And mm-hmm. it's just like, once you start making people feel accountable because mm-hmm. they know what you've been through, like that shouldn't be, you can have shared trauma with somebody, but that shouldn't be the basis of your relationship yeah. with that person. Yeah. No, you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. Um, so, like, what would you say, like, the biggest difference, I guess, to you? That, mm-hmm. Like, unhe- like I said, unhealthy versus, like, abusive. Because there's, like, a line there. Like, what's just unhealthy and what crosses over into Abusive is when it gets to the point where it's, like, actually... You know, because like there can be unhealthy tendencies. And I think the thing is, can you talk about it and are you able to work it out? And this is where like, you know, gaslighting and manipulation comes in. If you realize that something toxic is happening in your relationship and you bring that question up to your partner, because that's like you have to evaluate yourself first and foremost. Have I talked to my partner about this? So if you have talked to your partner about this and they pushed it off and they're like, no, you're crazy. You yeah. always overreact. You're so dramatic. Then it's like getting to the point like, okay, are they like manipulating me and I don't see it? Mm-hmm. So it's more, I think it, I think it gets into the like abuse area when it's like they are hurting you however intentionally or unintentionally and they're not doing anything to fix it. Okay. Yeah. So do you, so you are obviously somebody who has felt with it (laughs) and we ain't gonna make you you know relive nothing you know what I'm saying but like do you have like any advice for somebody who is trying Mm -hmm. who is one either no one in that situation currently Mm -hmm. or they're trying their best to like move on you know what I'm saying like move out of that situation cause that let me tell y'all something (laughs) That's hard. Moving on is the hardest Moving on is hard because you, depending upon where you are in that situation, you could feel like, because I know for me, one of the things was, what are they going to do without me? And, you know, stuff like that. And that's hard. That, like, weighs very heavily on you. Mm -hmm. And you you start to feel like you're betraying them for leaving or doing what's best for you or, you know, stuff like that. So, like, what would you say as like advice for somebody one in that and then two like trying to leave that yeah okay so in it it's like first of all you have to be able to recognize i think like 
there's a big thing about you have to realize when you and or your partner is being selfish. And I think understanding who, what, when, where, and how you're being selfish can uncover if you're in a situation that you shouldn't be. So is this person that you're with with you because they want to lift you up and you want to lift them up mutually? Or are y'all together because you get pleasure from each other, yeah. but it's all like, I just like how you make me feel. It's not, I want to see you get to your highest self right. with me together. Yeah. So I think it's recognizing what you're in and then however cliche it sounds like it is self-love. Like you have to truly take a step back before you can like, you don't need to be in the dating pool if you yeah. can't, if you can't be by yourself. Yeah. If you cannot be by yourself, you can't date yourself. If you have to like be with somebody to feel like you can enjoy the certain pleasures of life. Yeah. Then you need to like reevaluate. I think getting past it has a lot to do with like self-love and it's an ever-evolving journey. Like yes. you're gonna be going through it forever, but you have to be at a certain level to where it's like even if you backslide, you're still good. Yeah. And then like you can't let old habits die hard. So you can't let Woo. <laughs> <laughs> you can't let the Look. past creep up on you when you're doing good. Woo. It's been three months since you talked to your ex and they suddenly pop up. Listen, let me tell y'all something. <laughs> let me tell y'all something. Okay. This is what I have to say. Sorry for cutting you off. Accountability partners would be your best friend when you trying to move on. Cause I'ma tell you right now. I call Gab, Sid, Amira, Aaliyah, Javen in the midnight hour <laughs> because, like, I will feel myself backsliding or, you know, because at the end of the day, that person who is abusive, mm. and that's the word that you need to remember, is abusive. And, like, sometimes that's hard for some people to... Um, because abuse, she, like, we always learn abuse as, as they're physical. punching you. They're beating your yeah, ass. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. That's not it. It's And that's not always it. And yeah. so, like, for some people, like, they don't want to label their partner currently or their ex-partner as abusive because, mm-hmm. like, I don't want that. I don't want that label attached to them because, but at the end of the day, if that's what they're doing to you, that's what they're doing to you. And so I know firsthand that, like, sometimes, nah, you need a party, you lonely or whatever like that. It's very easy. It's winter time. You want to cover Right. Don't go back to the easiest option now. Hey, for real. That's why I'm planning <laughs> on getting a dog right now. Look, that, that rat right there, she's annoying. I love her. You know what I'm saying? And so it's very easy to go back to that easy option. Because that's another thing. Usually the abusive person will always let you back in. Because yes. Or they'll come back. Um, yes. For, I think a lot of women, like, have this shared experience where it's like, how come every time I'm feeling good and I don't forgot about this nigga, he texts me? Boom. <laughs> so it's like... They know they might get a feeling or they're just like, okay, it's been a minute. I ain't talked to her in right. XYZ. Uh-huh. I'm about to pop yeah. in and I know yeah. she's going to And then let me tell you something. Let me, then, let me give you, uh, tell you, and I ain't know, I'm not a therapist or whatever, but right. advice or whatever on one other thing I have to do. Don't strive to change. Say you're going to change. Say you're going to do better, 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 Get a person and then use them as the excuse to change. Because usually- you Change for yourself. Exactly, you need to change for yourself because if you use another person as an excuse to change, if that situation don't work out, then you're falling right back into them toxic, yep. crazy- Self-love is like the key to unlock everything else. Yeah. Once you're good with yourself, then it helps you so much. It helps you mend so many broken relationships. Like it helps you see why you might have fell out with your moms or something, you know? Yeah. It helps you see where you went wrong in this, like, uh, romantic relationship. It helps you see where you're in the wrong with, like, friends. We are like, wow, I was really, like, being so destructive and I didn't know. So let me ask you this. Okay. Where was that point for you? Like, where was that point where you figured it out and was like, I'm gonna do what's best for me. I gotta leave this situation alone. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it like it was a culmination of a lot of things. Okay. So the first two years of my college career, I was dealing with a lot. So I'm, okay. 
I'm gonna just go ahead. You, hey, you look, run the show. Come on, I let me let, know. I'll let look. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, my freshman year, I was um, throughout high school, I was like a goody two shoes. And like my parents, my mother was a helicopter parent. Woo, child. So, I was the exact opposite. My mom was also a hel- <laughs> helicopter parent, but I gave her a reason, it child. Worked on me. <laughs> no, her helicopter parents, it worked on me. So, I, you know, I didn't date in high school, I didn't drink, I didn't, swear. I didn't do nothing. So, yeah. So. What a conviction. <laughs> I wish y'all could see my face right now. Because anybody who knew me in high school, boy. <laughs> so, I got to college, and I do the typical college things, yes. and I went a little crazy. Yes. And I was just like, well, I got to experience life. I may never get this again. So, long story short, I started messing with this boy. I ended up getting pregnant my freshman year. Okay. So... I didn't know what to do. I knew that a lot of the women in my family had like a tendency to be teen mothers because yes. I was a teenager at that time. And I was like, I can't be a teen mother. I can't be a teen mother. Like, I have to finish college. I have to be done. So I told the dude, I was like, you got to pay for this and I got to get rid of it because I yeah. can't do it. And I was, and it wasn't even like a, I don't want a child type thing because yeah. that's like my ultimate goal, to be honest, is to mm-hmm. be a mother. But not right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> not right now. So, so. I told him. I went to, you know, the clinic and I was trying to, you know, get everything in order. I was talking to them. I took a pregnancy test at um, some women's clinic. There's a lot of women's clinics in yeah. the city. So they basically, of course, they had like a lady mm-hmm. with a Bible there. She was just like, are you sure this is what you want? Uh, bi- oh, oh. A Bible. A Bible. They said pee in the, in the place. I, I took the pregnancy test. They, I got a positive result because I knew I was pregnant, but I went to the center just to like, yeah. I thought I was going to the center to confirm my pregnancy and talk about my options. But what had happened <laughs> was they found out I was pregnant and they said, okay, we're gonna have you sit down with this counselor. Okay. And it was like a- And she test. had a Bible. Okay. Now mind you, I am very religious. I go to church right. every Sunday, but I am a firm believer and woman's choice right. and not pressuring nobody because you never know the situation. No, I wasn't a very, so, like, what? <laughs> a pregnant woman is so fucking vulnerable and right. they, they know that. So, uh, you know, they're like, you're pregnant. And I knew I was pregnant, but I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I understand. So she's like, are you willing to have this conversation with me? I'm a pushover. So I was like, yeah, we can have this conversation. That's fine. Probably shouldn't have the conversation. But they like got to me in very like emotional ways like they were nice and compassionate but it was just like i probably shouldn't have been having that conversation like because i was in shock like i literally not at that yeah like i found out i was pregnant and i went to that clinic the same day so i was in Mm. shock like i had been crying all day like i didn't know what to do with myself basically so they're like maybe you should keep it they're like there's resources you know uofl helps women with children and there's scholar house and you can do it. And this uh, this is like the one thing that sticks out with me from this time in my life was this woman was like, well, actually, when you're pregnant, you ain't got nothing else to do but study because you can't go out. Shut the... <laughs> Yo, all I got to say is this. I would have tore that... I would have tore that place up. They would have had to call the police on me. Because I would have been like, what did you just say to me? Right. But they, they got me at the time. So I went back to the guy and I was like how would you feel about if I kept it? Like, it wasn't like... And how was his reaction? Well, here we are today. <laughs> but so I told him, and he was like, no, 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 no. I'm going through too much right now. My grandmother just passed. Like, I have a lot going on. I'm going to pay for it. You're going to get it. Yeah. We were not in a relationship. Yeah. We both understood that we weren't in a relationship, and it was yeah. just kind of like, a, what are we going to go for? So I went through with... The abortion, I had a medical abortion. So basically a medical abortion is when they give you pills. Yeah, yeah. I took a pill at um, the Planned Parenthood and then they sent me home with four pills and you're supposed to insert them vaginally after 24 hours. I had no clue, okay. Yes, so with that, me being me, one possible thing that can happen is you can start bleeding early. And so like the hemorrhaging is like the baby coming out. So I started bleeding early, I was freaking out. I was like, what do I do? They were like, Put the pills under your tongue and you just gonna have to do it now. And this was also Thanksgiving time, oh, 2017. Child. So I was just like scared for my life that yeah. I was gonna go home pregnant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you can't hide. I had, I found out when I was around like five or six weeks. So I had really bad morning sickness. So I was like, I can't hide this anymore. Uh, yeah. Okay. So 
I ended up having to do the abortion process in a dorm bathroom because I lived in United. Oh, so baby. I had a friend at the time. It was the only girl I talked to because I was like going through this like yeah, friendship yeah, breakup. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a friend at the time. I was like, I can't do this alone. She came, she brought me a Gatorade and some Midol. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even take the Midol. That's how bad it was. It was the worst pain in my life. So I don't even know what childbirth is going to be. Look. <laughs> Women, I love you. <laughs> we, we are so strong, y'all don't even know. <laughs> Look, I got multiple sisters mm -hmm. and I it's a damn near watched one give birth to yeah. twins. And when I say, I was in my um, niece dream. I was there mm -hmm. for a birth. And when I tell you, it's wild. I'm good. I'm We're glad. not like, God, thank you for making me a man. Who even came up with that idea? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. So went through the process and that basically, it triggered all of my trauma from my childhood. You know, we've talked yeah. about how mm -hmm. like a lot of mm -hmm. mommy issues. Yeah. So it triggered all of my trauma from the past. And then it went, it was like a spiral. It became like a self-hatred thing. And then it became, you know, I'm being punished with like depression. And I was having a lot of problems with interpersonal relationships, not just, you know, um, romantic wise. So I was just like, I'm being punished because I yeah. knew I shouldn't have got rid of that baby. And I did. Yeah. So I just, I hated myself. I hated myself. Yeah. I got to the point where I was really depressed. I struggled with it for the last two years and I had like multiple, like I was, I was self-harming and then I had like a suicide attempt where I was like serious. So I was like, no, I'm going to do it. Like I had a couple, like I had a lot of like planning. Yeah. So I was to the point where I was like planning, but I had never gone through with it. Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I attempted and then I lost more relationships like so it's just kind of like a cycle when you're battling with that stuff and you like you're not battling with it correctly and you don't know who to go to so i was experienced like i was in relationships that were bad also mm -hmm. i was experiencing gaslighting and like yeah. emotional abuse and then like i was taking these problems to the people that i was closest with because i was i knew they couldn't handle that i couldn't handle that obviously yeah. that's why i was going to them but so it basically got to the point where I hated myself so much. I was like, I don't even want to be here. Like, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like mm -hmm. I had lost so many people that I thought were for me. I felt alone. I felt pointless. Yeah. I felt like I had no purpose anymore. So this last summer, so I don't know, summer of 2019. 2019. Uh -huh. Yeah. So this last summer I went home because I live about an hour away. Yeah. Radcliffe, Hardin County. H uh, I'm not gonna talk. I'm not gonna talk mess about y'all because my sisters are, you know, they used to live there, and that's where my stepmama family is. I'm not gonna talk mess about y'all, but uh, the cliff. I don't know nothing about the cliff. Not the cliff. Okay, that's enough. Interview over. <laughs> yeah. So I went home for the summer. I was working and stuff. Like I just had went home, and I basically like. I sat down and I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't be hurt anymore. Yeah. I can't try to find the love that I want to give myself and other people anymore. Yes. I can't like, I can't hold back all these like hurt feelings and emotions that I still have with my mother, who is somebody that is an example of an adult that hasn't dealt with yes. their past trauma yet. I was like, I can't be her. I can't be her anymore. Yeah. So. I took that three months and I basically learned who I am today. Cause I'm not the same person I was when I was a teenager and I didn't have any real world problems. Yes. So it, it took three months of me being with myself truly to understand like who I was. And honestly, listen, I started listening to your podcast during the summer. Girl, <laughs> look, don't hype me now. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> I would listen to my little, but it was just like stuff like that. Like yeah. I would just take time with myself. I would listen to podcasts. I would yeah. read a book. I would, you know, I'm very into the spiritual world. I yes. would meditate. I would, you know, make like. So I got to know myself. I got to know who I wanted to be, and I got to a place where I was like, okay, I'm secure enough. And now I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I went through that because I need to be there for other people. Yes. I went through like, I went through hell and back truly because I can be the example. Like I'm, 
I'm a very emotional person, but I also was yes. able to acknowledge how strong I am. Absolutely. And how strong I was with all the things that I went through. And then I came out on the other side. Absolutely. So that was like my kind of journey of self-love. And that's yeah. why I feel so strongly about it. And, you know, I completely um, understand that sentiment that you just mm-hmm. said about you going through that so that way you can help others. Because mm-hmm. that's um, not to take away from your story because I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> I really do. And I love that you came out on the other side a positive and wonderful person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I do understand that sentiment. You know, I, um, as I've spoke about before, so like for those of you who like know me personally um my great grandmother's um anniversary of her death came on november 17th Mm. and that is always a super super hard day for me because um i have always had a big personality you know um from the time i was born um i was a toddler literally my mom told me i started talking at like she said, I think I started talking at like a year and nine months. I can see that. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, it was the damnedest thing. She mm-hmm. said, I talked all the time to anybody. And she was like, what was interesting about me was she said, I would list, I would sit and I would listen to adults have conversations and mimic those conversations mm-hmm. with people my age. <laughs> and so my uncle James used to call me the tape recorder because he was like, he could, he, he saw me mm-hmm. sitting on the floor as a child, a young child, like looking at them talking. Mm-hmm. And like other adults, other adults in my family would be like, he don't know what we're saying. And my uncle James was like, no, I'm looking at his face. He knows exactly what we're talking about. And so um, my mommy is who my great-grandmother is, what we called her, her children. And another thing, and this is another conversation for another day, the help, we need to sue the help because that was basically, Octavia Spencer was literally basically my mommy, except my mommy never cussed in her life. Like she was the sweetest woman alive. But basically that situation of you, she was a maid, my mommy was a maid in Alabama. She used to work for this nasty old woman um, who treated her like dirt and then ended up working for this wonderful woman who actually made her stop working for her once her husband died because her husband made her get a maid, but that's a different story. But anyway, my mommy, like, she loved my personality, loved And like, pushed me as a child to never let anyone stifle that. She used to tell me, you have a voice for a reason. She's coming. You have the voice you do for a reason. Use it. And so at 13, I was sexually assaulted by a male camp counselor. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, my mom was married and my dad was married. (laughs) Both situations that they both were in was not very good. Um, The man my mom was married to was mentally and emotionally abusive. And my mom was kind of like closed off. And me and her didn't have the best relationship. My dad is an alcoholic. I spoke about that before. And so me and him really didn't have a good relationship either. I didn't know who to turn to. I didn't know who to talk to. Um, And I was scared of telling anybody in my family because I felt like they would definitely have told my mom and I didn't want that. But I remember sitting down and having having a talk with my mommy. This was... um, one of the last talks I remember having with her before she passed. And I never told her what happened. I just was telling her that I was going through a lot. And my mommy had this knack of like knowing what you were going through without actually knowing what you were Mm. going through. And so I remember her looking at me and she was in her garden because I mean this woman worked in her, she used to have a garden, she used to grow tomatoes if you know me, you know I'm super country, so I will eat tomatoes whole and all the other good stuff. But she had a garden, and she, I remember we were working in her garden. I used to help her. And um, we were out there, and she was like, well, baby, she was like, no matter what you go through, she was like, God doesn't send you through things he doesn't know that you can work your way out of. 
and he's always there whether you can't see him or can't hear him he is always there and she was like and she was like with a person like you God probably is sending you through whatever he's sending you through one so he can comfort you later but two so you can comfort someone else later and so with this podcast that's why I'm like don't hype me because that was one of the reasons that was one of the reasons I started it was I wanted whoever is listening to know you have a friend in me and there are other people that are going through things that you're going through that they may name they may not want to talk about. And that's why I thank you so much mm-hmm. for having this conversation with me. Because these are things people don't want to talk about. You know? That's my thing about like, cause it's not a secret, but I don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, and like I've I've had like multiple times where I've like sat down with like a friend and it's been relevant to the situation. I'll be like, look, this is something that I've been through. And I feel like I can use it as like a A it gets better yes as an example and a be just like um that i can i can share my story and help people like a that resonate with it like feel better like you're not alone like, yeah this happens to so many people like so many people have such similar stories like we're all of our souls are so interwoven that it's mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. you know i don't know how you feel about reincarnation and stuff but like yeah. history repeats itself it does it does so I just I think I realized once I was out of state where I felt that I was really healthy I was like yeah I I'm here because I can help other people when I see you know and even if that's as small as my friends that I see every day Uh they're sad I'm not gonna be the person that makes them feel like invalidated in their feelings however small they are because you never fucking know what somebody's going through you really don't you don't and let me tell you something. Let me put this PSA right now. Out right now. <laughs> okay. 2310 apartment 505. That's my apartment at the clubhouse. I know it's the ghetto, but you know. That's <laughs> it's, it's not the ghetto. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Um, the, what what they, they renamed it. What the arch, the arch is called. The trifecta. The trifecta <laughs> is. <laughs> the trifecta is the ghetto, but the clubhouse is... <laughs> very, very close. But apartment 505 is always open. Anybody who knows me knows I love to cook. I love wine. Like I said, I will sit you down, make you a fried pork chop. We can have a thing of uh, pinto beans and cornbread and we can talk. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, let me know. You know, because nobody should ever feel at home. Because there are some people that are built for that. Like, yeah. I, Cause that's what my when I come back to the like spreading myself thin, I'm just like, well, who else is gonna do it? Like, I don't know yep. if I'm the last person that they chose to text. Cause I remember exactly. when I was in those places and I was like, I don't, I don't want to be a burden to anybody. But who can I go to? And I would always like, I would be like, well, I feel like this person is a good person and I yes. can go to them. And I don't ever want to be the person that turns somebody around. Exactly. And that's and you you're absolutely right. Like I know with me, like my my me was very religious, and I'm pretty religious myself. So she always taught me I was never alone. She was like, you always have God. You were never alone. But I know that, and for me, when I was going through the thing that I was going through, that's why I found solace. Like you know, most people like Alyssa, you know, they know I love like Aretha Franklin and like Mahalia Jackson, and now was simply because like my mommy I don't think honestly listen to secular music <laughs> I can't I can't think of a time where she did when I was with her but she always had her radio in her window in her kitchen and it was always playing gospel music Agreed. Lord and so like I listen to those songs and that gives me comfort that gives me peace right. and but that was for me but I make myself available and I make myself open for people because some people they don't have that mindset yeah. you know because now when I'm like if I were ever to be back at a place or when I am feeling low yeah I can help myself yeah but some people aren't able to help themselves yet mm-hmm. I'll help you learn to help yourself eventually exactly exactly and my and like you said like if you need to call me every single day if we gotta talk from the time I get up to the time I make it to work and all that other good stuff whatever 
I'd rather you do that than me to be sitting and wondering, did I not do enough? Right. Yeah. You know, what what could I have said to you? What could I have done for you? And I and and this is what I will say to anyone who is listening. I beg of you that if you are going through something like that, listen, my number is 502-991-2073. I don't care if we never met a day in your life. Pick up that phone, call me, text me, email me, Twitter me. Yeah, I'm always on Twitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm always on Twitter arguing always. with Jared Snow specifically. <laughs> But I don't care if that, you know, if whatever it takes, if whatever it takes, but please, for the love of God, and even if it's not me, please reach out to somebody because you never know who's willing to listen. And I know that sometimes, I know firsthand that sometimes you you don't feel the need to talk to somebody because I know for me, one of the things that I did not want to do was talk to somebody because I was like, I felt like my problems are too big for them. So it wouldn't matter. But at the end of the day, it could just help you just getting it off your chest. You Even if know. you just need to be someone like I have, I have the strong friends mm-hmm. in my life and I'm just like, well, if you don't want to talk to me, cool, but yeah. we can hang out and not talk right. about it together. And, and that's the other thing is like, is that's the other thing is like, you gotta have those friends to where you don't even have to talk about it. Just be like, I'm coming over when you hang out. Like, I know, like, I know, like, for example, Gab sit in the mirror. Like, I can always go to them and talk to talk to them, mm-hmm. like about whatever I'm feeling. Alyssa, I know she's that friend that if I and Gab and sit are like this, but I know I use I have a Alyssa like. It's one of those things to where I can go to her and talk to her if I need to. Or I can go to her and say, I just want to hang out in your room. Or I can go to her and say, can we just go out for coffee? It ain't got to, it don't, it don't, like you just said, it don't always have to be us sitting around and talking about our issues. Just being around somebody that you love, like, is enough. Right. I love quality time with people. Mm-hmm. I have um, Gianni. She's one of my closest friends. Like mm-hmm. literally, since <laughs> all we do is sit around and do nothing yeah. together. That's what we consist of. Mm-hmm. Like you might see us out, but we gonna be doing nothing out. And also, <laughs> exactly. That's just the truth. Sometimes that helps more than you know. Right. You know, and so, and, and sometimes you know people need a night out. Because I know for me, that's like my. That's usually like my stress relief. Like going out. Dancing it out. Right, exactly. <laughs> we gonna go to O'Shea's or we gonna go to the R&B party, which is tomorrow, hosted by DJ Honest Staff. I'm being there. I got a photo. But, you know, that helped me just, <sighs> yeah. you know, release it and breathe it. So, Mitt, thank you so much for this conversation and thank y'all for listening. It definitely... Went way deeper than I thought it was, but I am <laughs> very, very happy for that. So, once again, let me put this PSA out since we talked about it. If you do need anybody to talk to, please call, please text, please DM, whatever you feel like doing. So, I hope y'all have a good evening and thank you for listening. <laughs>